On this team, we fight footage. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. Coming in at 320 kilobytes per second, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Maddie C. For you and me. What's up, everybody? Maddie C Sports for you and me. Um, we've got a very special guest today. So we have never had a baseball player until today, folks. So glad it's this one. Um, I was introduced through a friend, and he's told me nothing but good things. Uh, former relief pitcher Steve Delabar. And Steve, how are you? I am fantastically well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm actually wearing a Toronto Blue Jays hat in honor of you today. So <laughs> I love it. You know. um, so I just wanted to go through. So it, it must have been amazing just being in all different types of um, baseball fields. I mean, Fenway Park, I mean, Yankee Stadium, uh, even where you were in Toronto and in Texas. I mean, how, what's it like being in a major league stadium? You don't realize how, um, how tall they are once you get in there. Um, I think the very first major league game I ever went to was after I signed. I'd never gone. I, I live about two hours south of Cincinnati and never went to any games because I was always playing during the summer. So my schedule was filled up during the baseball season. So I never really got away to, to go watch ball games. So uh, when I signed with San Diego in 04, uh, we got tickets to a game on an off day and went over to, to the Diamondback Stadium and went over there and actually saw Randy Johnson's 4,000 strikeout, which that was pretty cool. Wow. That's really cool. Man. But yeah, uh, all the stadiums going to, um, you know, they're just, Every one of them has their unique characteristic. Like Fenway has the wall and the old, you know, bleacher seats, and and then I, I never got to go to the the old Yankee Stadium, but um, but just each one of them has their little things, and everybody always asks, "What's your favorite?" and and it 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 depends on what you're asking about, because uh, yeah. like playing like field conditions. Um, I would say, I, I tell people, I said, Oakland probably has the best grass that, I mean, we'd go out for stretch and sit down there on the grass and just like, this, I could lay, I could sleep on this stuff. It's it's so, you know, plush, it, but that was during the baseball season. Once they overlap and, and mm -hmm. had the two sports there, the football players and their cleats, they beat it up a little bit, but uh, the field crew did an amazing job. And then, um, but just aesthetics. You know, I played in Seattle, um, and I really, really enjoy that ballpark. Uh, just because it's an open air dome, so the roof contracts, and and you still got the cool air coming through there, but it, you don't get wet. And yeah, then, that's uh, great. Yeah. And then Kansas City is another good one because they have the water fountains, and it's just um, just really, really unique. And I mean, I can keep going. I can go on and on about everything single one that I went to um, because every single one of them is different and you just you don't go oh I wish they did it like this I wish they did it like uh, 
I wish Toronto had it like Baltimore. No, 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 no. Each one is their own individual one. And you appreciate, you know, whoever designed it. And, and, you know, there's obviously there's flaws to anything, but that's what Mm -hmm. makes the stadium, the stadium. So I, I really enjoyed, you know, being all around and, and, and traveling to each one of those. Yeah, I mean, you got the best of both worlds. You got the American League and the National League uh, experience, and uh, that, like you said, I mean, like you see, you see Kauffman Stadium. I mean, there's there's water fountains, and, and then like you know, you go to you go to um, Chicago, either one, but like you see, you know, Wrigley Field for its like legendary like history of how long it was, and and uh, that must have been really cool stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that seems really cool to travel all around those stadiums. But my big question for you, which I don't, you know, is when you were in the minors, was it like, was it kind of like a, like a Bull Durham type of, of life for you? Or was it like, I don't know if you've seen the rookie before with Randy Quaid, but like, was it like, was life like that? Like what, what type of like stuff do you deal with when you're in that standpoint in minor league baseball? So when you play and you watch those movies, you're like, Oh, come on. That's like, like it's far from, you know, the, the, some of them are really far away from what it actually is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but bull Durham is, is really close with the bus, you know, traveling on the buses being packed in there. And, you know, rosters, they can only have so many players that are active, but you may have a couple other players that are there that could be on the disabled list or what do you call it, injured list now. Um, so you may have some things where you're carrying extra players or you maybe have uh, an extra staff member or, or some, so you're, you're limited on the, the amount of seats that are available. So you're, you're crammed on there and, and it's, you're, you're, you know, driving eight, 10, I mean, 12 hours if traffic is bad. And, um, oh my God. But it, I, it's, but you, you sleep. So you find the, you find the best way you can to, to get comfortable and then check into a hotel at, you know, crazy early in the morning and then sleep till they say, Hey, you know, bus leaves at whatever time and you get over there and you go through your, your routine and then you, you get ready for the game that night. So it's a lot different in the minor leagues than it is in major leagues. In a major league game on travel day, you play your ball game, like mm-hmm. a one o'clock game, and then you finish the game, you shower up, you head to the airport, and you leave that night, and you get into the, the city that night. Um, the only bus travel is from the airport to the, uh, the hotel or, or to the, you know, from the stadium to the, the airport and then from there to the hotel. Uh, so it's, but on the minor leagues, you don't leave till the morning. So some of them you leave after the game, some of them you don't leave till the morning, but you know, they got a budget in there where, you know, they're not having to pay for, you know, 30 extra hotel rooms. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so it, it, it's, I mean, it is, it's still a business. So you gotta, you gotta have some balance there. Right. Right. And, you know, you must like, it must be really hard to like get loose to start pitching like that. I mean, was it, was that a struggle sometimes after like, you know, taking a 12 hour drive? I mean, that must've been absolutely crazy. Uh, I say 12 hours, 12 hours would be extreme. Um, Yeah. 
I'd say if there was something crazy like that, you know, held held up the bus, I'd say at most in one trip, maybe nine, um, but nothing more than that. I can't I can't think of anything that may have been. I remember we went from um, I'm trying to think. It was I think Scranton to Electric City. <laughs> yeah, Scranton to uh, Lehigh Valley. So it was, I guess it's like all the way across. Pretty much all of Pennsylvania. Right. We just travel across the whole thing. And that took, that took a while. Oh no, we did another one. We went from Norfolk to Durham. Um, those are obviously two separate trips, but those are two. I mean, those are six and a half to eight hours, somewhere in there. They were, wow. they were long. Yeah. And I think we, I remember we got stuck in traffic, so that kind of held everything up. And and you're kind of, you know, you, you, in the first hour and a half, you're talking with your buddies, playing cards, just hanging out, and then kind of doze off. Maybe they have a movie on. And then you kind of just zone out for the middle part of it and then kind of get excited when they say, hey, it's, you know, we're supposed to be there at this time. And then you get close, you start getting all your stuff ready, and then you still got three more hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I, yeah, like telling uh, that's like your parents telling you, "Are we there yet?" And you're like, "Yeah," waiting for that one thing. Oh my god! But yeah, I mean, from like you said, from major league life, I mean, you you pretty much saw all that stuff. But I saw in um. And did you play in Japan as well? I did. How yep. how was it like that? Is it absolutely just insane? Like fan wise and everything. The fans are good. Uh, you know they're they're extremely. I mean they're like any other fan that's got their home team. You know they're very very loyal. the The ball games are crazy because they they even have it listed as you go into the ballpark and they say, please show respect to the other team. Uh, uh, if you are in their section, um, please like refrain from, cause the, basically both teams are separated. There's mm-hmm. on one side and then the other, but occasionally you get tickets and, or maybe a friend has tickets, but you're a fan wear different colors and, and they're chanting the whole game. And it's just, um, it's it's pretty cool, but it's the game itself is is um, it's a little different. You know, mm-hmm. they they bring foreign players. You know, Dominican, Puerto Rican, American, Canadian. They bring foreign players over to change the style. They bring the power over there because most of what they do is speed, um, and so very rarely do they have a U Darvish or a, a Shohei Otani. Um, you know those. Those guys are rare, so those guys that are you know, throwing 93, 96, 97, they don't stick around very long. And then the majority of their guys are, um, you know, probably in the, you know, mid to upper 80, low 90 in that area, and then have a couple that they'll they'll run it up there. But your, uh, you know, your foreign players are the ones that are, you know, 93 to 100, and but their their whole culture is a little bit different. You know, we mm-hmm. want to work on, you know, quality is more important than quantity. You don't want to overwork and, and tie yourself out and you want to be able to, to, you know, have that top end. 
and they're the reverse. So they, they're reps and reps and reps and reps, and they are very, very good at repeating most of the things that they do. Um, but the style and everything, it's, it's a complete change. And it can be sort of nerve wracking when you've done something for so long and, right, and right. for them to say, for them to, to, you know, play a certain way. And you're like, this is, you almost say this isn't the way it should be played, but this is the way they've always done it. So right. you got to kind of adapt your style to their game and, um, and kind of mesh with them, but also still provide the same, um, you know, provide what they brought you there for. Right. And I'm sure in the major leagues, it's a lot different. And like you said, I think it's just more like a culture and respect kind of thing. They just, they don't want any trouble with stuff. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, if, if the Red Sox come to New York, they're going to have problems. If, you know, the, uh, vice versa, they're going to, the fans fight. I don't think it's as bad as, as when you played, but I mean, it, it was, it was not fun for, you know, to bring your kids over there and you see people throwing beers at each other and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, that, that's, that stuff's a little excessive. It's like the fan that, cause you go to ball games and it seems like you get the, you know, the one guy in the stands that probably has too many beers and he's the guy that's the loudest and just starts yelling at players and saying the most random things. It's like, you have nothing better to do than come here and yell at us. So it's, right. yeah, so some fans are, are, are good hecklers and then there's idiots. So you just. Absolutely. And, and, you know, in, in Boston, you know, I've, I've seen it myself. Um, I was, I went to a um, playoff game and it was, um, Carl Crawford was on, um, playing the monster and I heard people saying like, you know, really, really derogatory stuff to him and coming lo and behold, two years later, he plays for the Red Sox. It's like, it, it's just crazy how, how fans can become. And I've seen the bad side of it. And I mean, there's kids all around. It's just, it's not, it's not right. And, you know, sometimes park security can't take care of that stuff. Right. Yeah. The, uh, it's, it's, I mean, kids see how, you know, some people treat players and they think, Oh, that's how I'm supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. So then, so we would be in the bullpen and the kids always come down and ask for a ball and you get some kids who are rude and they say, give me a ball. And we're like, no, get out of here. And then another kid comes over nice. And he's like, Hey, can I please have a ball? And like, Hey, look, some manners. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, right. Good, good one. Yeah, it's like it doesn't take much to be nice. Yeah, um, manners. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you give me a ball. And then people would yell at you, thinking you can't say anything back. And then you start talking to them or, or fire back at them and ask them a question. And they're like, oh, uh, 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 put them on the spot and they don't know what to do. Right. And it, it's the funny thing, you know. Um, Oakland came to Fenway one time and me and my wife were in the pouring rain. It was for her birthday. And we were right behind the um, the Oakland bullpen. And so I did the classy thing. And I said, you know, it's my wife's birthday. Can can we get a ball? And he's like, and um, I don't know who it was. Um, was it? Uh, I forget his name. Um, anyways, he he uh, he didn't have any baseballs for me, but he gave me his brand new can of, of skull. And I go, 
oh okay <laughs> and then he gives me a red bull and i was like okay this is the oddest thing i've ever gotten from a bullpen but it's the only thing i got from a bullpen so yeah i guess it was classy enough to for them to give me hey <laughs> did, did your did your wife take a dip <laughs> no she did not no she did not but that probably got me into trouble when i started dipping so oh no thank, so i'll find out who that reliever reliever was Oh no, it was Grant Balfour. That's who it was. Oh. Grant Balfour gave me a can. And so thank you, Grant. You you really helped me out at that point. <laughs> um, so yeah. But anyways, um, my next thing for you. I mean, when you were playing in um when you made the all-star team in two thousand was it 2013? I wanted yes, to make sure I was right. Yep. How was it? in that bullpen with all those legends, including Mariano Rivera? Well, Grant Balfour was there. Uh, <laughs> he was. <laughs> he, was, he was. He was there. Uh, but it, the game, you just like any other game, mm -hmm. you show up and you're there to do your job. Now it's a different stage because there's all these big names and, and the – everything surrounding it, but you still have to get in there. You have to, you have to do your routine. You have to just, you can't change anything because what got you there is what, what got you there. So there's no reason mm -hmm. to change anything and do anything different. Just do what you're supposed to do. And, um, but, uh, so we got to the bullpen and most everybody got down there, uh, at the beginning of the game, uh, cause we weren't sure when, or if we may get in the game, there's a lot of guys that are just hanging out because uh, you know they're injured or or they just pitched the day before, so they're um, probably not going to be used. But they still want to go and enjoy, you know, hanging out. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the um, we, we get down there and it's Mariano's last year, so we're like, okay, mm -hmm. he's the only guy that knows he's going to pitch today. So he goes through his routine. He comes down in the third inning, maybe, and nobody says anything to him. It's kind of like, oh, it's it's Mo. He's like, you gotta leave him alone. He's gotta do his thing. And I was like, I can't, I can't take it. I gotta. So I go over and I and I, and I just start asking. I said, you know, you've been playing a long time. I said, are there any bullpen games, like things that you do to keep you busy in the bullpen, and um, and then he's like, huh? And then he's like, ah, oh, he's he just kind of like brings every you know, huddles everybody around and starts telling little stories about you know when he first started playing and and how his you know how things changed throughout his career. Like he he didn't uh, you know somebody slapped him one time and he said he smacked him like just reach back just to you know backhand him and he said the guy's elbow hit him right in the the top of the hand. He said his hand was numb for like three days he said i never ever messed around the bullpen again <laughs> so uh <laughs> mm -hmm. that was one thing and then you know he just told little stories um but i i just i was like i can't i can't take it um because until it's time until it's go time you know it's mostly random conversation uh um a lot of what ifs you try to play the you know the gm the manager you try to do all the scenarios in your head and that that keeps you in the game. So as you're sitting down there and you start to see how things are going, and then you start to see how the manager uses guys, then you know when you're going in. 
you don't even have to you don't even have to wait to hear who who they say hey get going um you know when the bullpen phone rings you know who it is so um you know you can start to see you know when a reliever or a starter that's in there they start to they either they're running the end of their pitch limit or they just don't have it that day. You just know, right. um, you know, whose name's coming out the end of the phone. And, and you got the call on you were, you were in relief that day, weren't you? I was. And yeah. you struck out Busta Posey, didn't you? I did. <laughs> that and, must have been uh, cool. It was. And the, the thing is you, usually the, the bullpen coach, and I think we had several that day, but there's so many guys on the bench, you know, there's no roster limit, I don't think. So you just have all these players and you don't know who's coming off the bench. You don't know who's in the, like, you know, who's in the lineup, but they sub guys in and out all they try to, it's, it's like a little league game. They try to get everybody in there because yeah. <laughs> like yeah. me, it's, you know, my first time. So you want to get guys in the experience and, and just get everybody in. Uh, you want to try to win the ball game because they have something on the line, but you also want to. I mean, everybody's there for a reason. You know, they're, right. they're playing right. well. Everything's so it's not like you have a bunch. You know, I don't. I don't know if I want to put that guy in there. No, everybody's there. Everybody's good. So, uh, but yeah, they got me up, got me, got me in, and um, but as I was jogging in, usually on the on the banner uh, between like maybe the the first level and the second there's there's like the uh, i don't know but i guess the banner and usually tells you who's up and all it was flashing was like all-star game or some commercial ad and okay mm -hmm. i had no idea so then um so i get in there warm up pitches and, and there i go but the it like i said it wasn't who i was facing it was just what i needed to do and just do my job mm -hmm. you know if i locate my pitches and 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 do what i'm supposed to do then usually things go well uh it's when you know the the difference between you know low level minor league players and big league hitters is the the strike zone strike zone judgment like yeah. the big league guys know the zone um and then also the big league guys very rarely miss mistakes like they can pick it up out of your hand they know that ball's up in the zone so they can crush that so they they recognize those mistakes early and they, they hammer them. So that's why you do your best to to make your pitches and and just compete. Do you do you happen to remember what pitches you threw them? Yeah, what got me there was fastball splitter um, mm -hmm. to the to the Oscar game because you know I think I had a, quite a few strikeouts at that point in the season, and um, but I my splitter wasn't doing anything in, in warmups and I'd never thrown to if Salvador Perez was the catcher and I'd never thrown to him before. So he's only going to call what looks like it works. Mm -hmm. So, um, so he, he called slider and I ended up striking him out on a slider. So his fastballs and sliders only. And, um, <laughs> but it, the hitter doesn't know that that that's my third pitch. He just, he, one of the best things I ever heard anybody ever say was, you know, they do the intentional talk and mm -hmm. Kevin Millar was on there. And a lot of the stuff, he just, he just talks, right. And he just talks and talks, talks, but he said, you know, you could be like Michael Jordan in the playoffs. 
The other team doesn't know he's run a fever. doesn't know he's thrown up. He's done all that stuff. The hitter doesn't hit how you feel. They hit what they see. Mm -hmm. So if you show up and you could be, they can have what, 750 players at a time in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. So you could be number 750 and the hitter could be number one. But that hitter is only hitting what he sees. So you, you know, the, the, it happens all the time. The the lowest number on the totem pole beats the best all the time. So it's just you you show up, you do your job, and and you stick around. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, Buster Posey was wasn't a joke either. I mean, he 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 used to crush the ball and, you know, like you said, you know, even though it's not for really much, I mean, it is and it isn't, but like for the all-star game, like you're trying to at least in his position, get a base hit or crank one. And for you, it's like trying to get what you need to do, strike out the side or, you know, strike this guy out before you take him out. Like that must've been awesome. Like getting to achieve what you wanted. Absolutely. Came, I came off the field and I kind of laughed and it was like, well, that really, that really just happened because after the moment, after the innings over, it's not like I'm going back out. There's plenty of guys in the bullpen that need to get in. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I laughed. I, I, I go back to the video. I had my glove over my face and I was like, that really just happened. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> it, awesome. it kind of sink, it kind of sinks in. It's like, okay, wow, I'm, I'm here. Okay. I just woke up. Right. You know, I woke, yeah, yeah. I woke up from the, I woke up from the dream and here I am. This is crazy. Um, and somebody asked me that before because pitching in the AL East, you're not playing against, you know, the, no, I'm going to say lower teams, but I mean, you got the Red Sox, you got the teams that usually spend some money to bring in big players and they, their objective is to win, 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 win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're playing Boston and New York 18 times a year and you're facing those, those hitters. And it's like, somebody asked me whenever like big poppy was there, like, what do you think about whenever you're, you're out there and you're pitching? And I said, I said, picture, um, you know, one of these people that's on a tightrope and they're walking and they're, you know, a thousand feet above the ground. They don't go, Oh my goodness. I'm a thousand feet. No, they're focused one step at a time, stay balanced, do what they're supposed to do because they'll get to the other side. The moment they realize where they are, they panic and then it throws them off. So if you, I, like you mentioned talking to, to younger kids um, it's, and, and everybody wants, Oh, I want to get to the big leagues. Well, you don't get to the big leagues, just snap of a finger. It's a mm-hmm. little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And eventually your routine and your, your process and everything comes together and you become that, that co- better complete player. And that's what gets you to the, you know, to the higher levels is not being, you know, going out and going four for four with four home runs. It's being consistent. Right. Um, and just keeping steady, um, you know, had coaches all the way through and they're saying, stay away from the peaks and the valleys. You know, you don't, it's good to be, you know, ride that high, but there's also the low that comes. So right. you, know, you, don't, you see guys who go in slumps and, I mean, it's even on the pitching side. Pitchers go through slumps um, where, you know, some guys have, you know, uh, like Kershaw, um, where he 
they they always say, oh, he struggles in the playoffs. Does he? I mean, he I think he does well, but he has that, you know, that one inning. Oh, and they're like, oh, here it goes again. And David Price, um, when he was with us in Toronto, um, the year before he went to, I think before he went to Boston, he um, he was pitching against Kansas City in the playoffs. And he was, it was like unbelievable. And then he, he just had a random, just wild inning. They're like, oh, he's got bad, he like, here he goes again. Like, there's more to it than just one player. So it could have right. been a couple bad bounces. Like, it just, nobody has just that amount of, uh, you know, bad luck uh, just to have just that happen over and over and over. So, um, so, but talking about the the kids, it's just, you know, just your process and, and how you just, you do everything, you know, day by day and just be consistent. Right. And um, the kid will probably, I'll probably have, if you want to come back on the show, um, this kid who I, who I know through uh, his father, he, um, he's, he's aspiring to be a, a professional league player. I mean, nine years old joining like, you know, those travel teams and stuff like that. I mean, he doesn't get pressure from his parents or anything like that. It's like, that's the thing with parenting nowadays, like with sports, sometimes it gets kids so ramped up, like they have to impress their parents and move on. And, you know, I feel like that's a wrong approach. I mean, what do you, how do you feel about like that sort of style for a kid? Uh, Well, my son is six. And uh, so I coached his like machine pitch team last year. And, Mm -hmm. And there was a there was a guy on the team who he we were in the playoffs of, of the league, and he's like, "Hey, he'll be ready." You know, we were hitting off the tee, and I'm like, "He's six. I said, "Chill out." I said, "You don't <laughs> want to make it like a like it's like it's a job." Then when he he doesn't succeed, and you get on him, now it's like, "Oh my goodness, I failed. I'm I'm never getting the big leagues." And dude, you're six. So you don't you want them to go and have fun. I tell I tell my kids I got you know a daughter also she's she's eight but I tell her I'm like you guys go play your game like you practice you can work on things but you go play your game and mm-hmm. I say I want you to enjoy your stuff I, you should never you should never go out there and go I'm only doing this because my parents here right you know my right. parents made me come here now early on there maybe you know parents say I want you to try this and the way I was. If we signed up for it, then we played. Whether we liked it from day one, could have hated it. But you signed up for it, we played the full season. Didn't like it after that, that's fine. But um, but that was that was the thing. So some kids need to be, you know, guided to, right. to things. And then you can kind of see what kids, you know, excel at and then go from there. But some people want to, you know – like I said, kid goes four for four and they're like, Oh yeah, my kid's going to the big league. He's like, your kid's seven years old. He's got a ways yeah. to go. <laughs> and would you, so, would you say like 790 baseball players in the major leagues? So uh, better work, work, work. <laughs> yeah. That's in, that's in the world. 750 active of all the baseball players in the world. Oh yeah, even even, a, even more of a greater a, chance, you know, harder chance to get in. 
Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to get in and tough to stay because you got to think of all the minor league teams that are out there and all those players are going, Hey, I'm on the doorstep. I'm almost there. So I want that guy's job. So not that I'm rooting against him, but I'm hoping I do a little bit better and then maybe take a spot because everybody's trying to get to the big leagues and everybody's trying to stay in the big leagues. Everybody's trying to get, you know, these crazy contracts that are throwing around there now. And um, so it's, I mean, you want to be able to take care of your family and do things like that, playing right. a game that you love. Um, but on top of that, you you try to you know, practice your craft the best you can and, and be be good. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go back to another minor league part of your life. So in Massachusetts, obviously. So you played for the Brockton Rocks now. Um, oh, you better believe it. Oh, I love that place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I heard you uh, could, uh, you heard uh, an American Idol of karaoke. I heard from uh, the source. <laughs> Uh, I I enjoy singing karaoke. Nothing I enjoy the that. I enjoy the 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 performance. That's you know there's more to it. You gotta you're up there. You're singing. You're with friends. You're so you it's a show. So you wanna you wanna you wanna have fun. You wanna get up there and just read words off a teleprompter? No, you get up there and put on a show. Especially with the person you know. I'm sure you guys had a lot of fun. Oh, we had a lot of fun. But yeah, the like well I, I loved going to Brockton Rocks games. It's just, you know, they had their souvenirs and food and stuff was so expensive, but it was such a good game to go over and just, you know, catch a game. Well, that's the thing about independent league baseball is they don't have a parent team paying the salaries of the players. So anything, you know, the players that are there are, it's all the sponsorships that they get, like the, the signs and, you know, ads that they get and uh, concessions, ticket sales, all that, that goes into, you know, the players that they bring in. So, um, you know, it's not big league salary by any means. Mm -hmm. um, most of the guys are, are trying to, you know, stay sharp while playing there to, you know, improve their game and then maybe get a shot to get back in the affiliated ball to get to the big leagues. Um, and um, so, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I got traded. I, so I got released from San Diego in 08. Mm -hmm. I got, so, I, and I was, kind of jock in, do I wait, do I wait, do I wait? Um, so I signed with this team in Florence, Kentucky, which is just south of Cincinnati. So I was like, well, it's closer to home. I'll have, you know, family and friends that are close. They'll be able to come watch me play, yeah. which most of them haven't, have never saw me play pro ball um, because everything's always so far away. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, I'm going to play here. Family will get to see me. Um, and it'll just be closer to home. And I get traded five days later to Brockton. Oh my God. So I make the trip from, from Florence to Brockton. It's 16 hours. I'm pretty sure I drove straight. 
Is that one of those trips you had? <laughs> oh, the hour? oh my goodness. This was, it was, I thought I was never going to get there. And I didn't realize how far up the Northeast was until I made that trip. I was like, it just keeps going. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, but made that trip and I didn't have, um, I didn't have GPS. I didn't have anything like that. I had a roadmap. What's that? So, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I was, so I'm going and they have the, and where I live here, there's not mm-hmm. many toll roads. There's a, there's, I think they just put one in there. You know, there's a bridge in, in Louisville. Uh, so they're, you know, they have a toll there, but that's it. Most of the, uh, the roads up there, it's like, if you want to get off the X, you got to pay a toll. Yeah, exactly. So, and so it's like you get your ticket and then wherever you get off, that's how much you, you owe. But don't you try to run a card or nothing? Cause we, we need, I had, I had nothing. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? They're like, take this ticket. If you don't return, I'm like, I'm like, what? So, <laughs> so I ended up having to get off there, go to ATM, end up paying it, you know, before I got off the, the next one. But I'm like, this is crazy. I've never done anything like this, but I was like in the middle of somewhere and just trying to get, get to where I was getting and I remember I I didn't stop much but shoo man I just remember when I when I got out of the of my car in Brockton mm-hmm. and I and I took my first step I was like oh my goodness that's dangerous I shouldn't nobody should ever drive that long oh, man. I was all, I was like dizzy light I was like whoa I can't believe I was driving like that. Yep. It's, I can't believe that. That's a, that's just crazy. I can't. So with, with Brockton, I mean, did you, did you enjoy everything around Brockton? I mean, did you go into the city too around here? Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, I, I just, I mean, just being there, uh, I can't remember where I lived. Um, if I was there, I could drive there because, you know, I get by, I get around by a roadmap. <laughs> uh, so, but I, I, I really liked it. I had a guy, actually the guy, cause I had my, I broke my elbow while I was there and, um, uh, the doctor who did the surgery uh, said his, you know, sent me a text this past summer and said his son was playing on that field. I was like, oh, cool. And then um, I had a scout that was up there watching the game. Um, he said, hey, back, you know, back where, you know, a lot of things started. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I really, I'm, people, people talk about, you know, oh, you played in the big leagues, you did all this. I said, yeah. I said, but I also got to experience some, some cool, minor league cities and, and, um, you know, some, some fun experiences and it, and, you know, I enjoyed Brockton, but the people that were, that I played with and the team that I was on, man, it was, it was, uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, you know, typically when you're not winning, then they, you know, get players out of there and change it up. And, and, but on that team, we had a good thing going. So they kept us all together, pretty much a core group. We switched out a couple players during the season. But for mm-hmm. the main, you know, for the most part, we kept the same guys the whole year. And then you form that bond as a team. And, and 
I mean, we had a we had a really really good year. Uh, we ended up getting beat by uh, Quebec um, in in the I think first round playoffs. And, oh, is that the Can-Am League? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, we got beat by them. Actually, we played Gagne. Eric Gagne was was pitching for uh, Quebec. He was a starter, and we oh, that's old school. Beat, oh yeah, we beat him up, like just crushed him, and and you know things were going good, and then it was just one of those. It just started, you know, blue pit here, blue pit there, and they ended up coming back and ended up beating us, and it was just like, oh, this is the worst. Oh, that's crushing. Yeah, but I but the the people um, I I can't say enough about you know the 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 people that I met from Brockton. You know I love mm-hmm. those people. They're great people. Um, I really really enjoyed it up there. Good to hear. Good to hear. So my my final questions to you since I've been talking up a storm with you. Um, so what you take out of baseball, I mean, you seem like you had an incredible journey from the bottom to the top. So, I mean, what, what else can you say for somebody who's trying to be as determined as you are? Like what, what kind of tip would you give them to um, get to this level? Um, well, young kids just need to, get you know they just need to mature they need to mature and whatever you're working on at eight years old nine years old is going to be completely different at 12 and 15 because you got so many you know body changes and strength and a lot of things change you know over those years now as say a a college kid you know find what right like um, college and high school is what i was wondering yeah so college uh, strength is a big one um, high school, I, a lot of kids are, are getting in this, you know, strength programs and, and, uh, there was a kid a couple of years ago. He said, Oh, I eat, I eat. I'm like, you're 130 pounds. You don't eat. Like you, you can't expect to have huge output unless you're moving super quick. Um, so he's like, so I had him track his, his intake with his food. And he's, he started realizing that he doesn't eat enough. So it's just one of those things that you you if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, then commit to doing it. And um, I had kids that uh, you know they tell me, hey, I'm gonna I'm not gonna do baseball anymore. I'm gonna do soccer. Or I'm gonna do. I said, okay, well then own it. Own your decision. You know, don't don't look back at a couple of years and say, oh, well, I wish I would have done that. Like if you're gonna do something, commit to it. Um, right. So so these kids that are like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about going to play pro. No, no, you don't think about doing it. Like, you do it. So if, if you really, really want to do it, then you'll really commit to it. But you can't right. do anything halfway. you got to be all exactly. in. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so the, you know, you don't want to leave any stone unturned. You want to kind of check off all the boxes when it comes to, you know, did I do everything I needed to? Is there anything I could have done better? Um and improve on the things that you need to improve on, but, you know, really find out what the big league guys do, do what they do. Mm-hmm. But the big thing that they do is they they're consistent. They show up, they do, they do their stuff. 
Um, some of them are extremely gifted, uh, but they didn't just get that way. You know, they had to work to get there. And um, so the, the college guys, find what you're really good at. It's, it's like, you know, going to school for a certain thing. And then as you do it more often, you get better at it. Like, a, right. a, you know, like a, a, a trade or some type of skill. Um, once you find that thing that you're really good at, then start working on that. And it may, it may take a while to figure out what, what that is. Um, but once you find it and you're like, I do this very well, then boom, knock it out. I do this very well, boom, knock it out. And just keep hammering on those things that you do very, very well. And then just repeat them and repeat them and repeat them and repeat them. Because when you do that, now it becomes easier for you. And then you can branch off from there. But, but you need kind of, you don't need 12 pitches to throw as a pitcher. You don't need to run a super fast 60 or, you know, however they measure your times now. You just need to be consistent. And, and you know, some college scouts that are out there, they're looking for plus tools. So um, they're looking for something that, because you got to imagine how many showcases and, and things that scouts, and they go to games, they go to showcases, they go all this stuff, and they see the same thing over and over and over. And they're looking for that, wow, you know, that, that wow factor. They're looking for something different. So if it is a kid that just, just takes off, is it, whoa, what was that? It's just something that doesn't look, you know, something that stands out. Right. You know, the, yeah. the kid who the kid who can't throw the ball anywhere close to plate, like uh, like you mentioned, Bull Durham, Nuke Lelouch, right? Throws the ball off the bull, right? Yeah. So the kid kid throws a hundred miles an hour and he throws it out of the stadium. It's like, okay, we can probably get him to where he throws it in a box, but we can't teach that arm. Right. Like yeah. We can teach him how to yeah. throw. So it's it's you know building on that, but. You know, you gotta get imagine. Somebody's like, "Well, that guy didn't give me a chance." Well, like that guy has seen you a billion times this year, right? So, like, if you're just blending in with the crowd, then you'll get lost. So they're 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 always looking for something that stands out, because it's a showcase. It's not like it's just uh, they don't call it. Eh, I'm just here to see some guys. No, I'm looking for something that's gonna because their name's on the line too. So right. if they are, if they're putting their name out saying, "Hey, I got a guy." then they're going to, okay, show me, show me what, it, is that going to play? Is, is what you're showing me going to develop into a major league player? Cause most of everybody that they sign, they believe that that kid, kid or guy or whatever is eventually going to be a major league player. So they have to see something in that player that will be comparable to something that they've seen in the past. Cause a lot of right. scouts compare, they, you know, they're, there's a lot of older players or a lot of older guys in scouting and they all could tell you based on how someone looks, how their build, uh, they say, well, that guy reminds me of so-and-so and he throws a ball just like this guy. And they always use those comparisons because, you know, when you write up a, uh, you know, like your scouting report and you say that it's easy to bring up a video or whatever on the guy and like, okay, that'll work. Um, so I think like Charlie Morton is a good example. His delivery is comparable to Roy Halladay. Mm -hmm. and, and in Pittsburgh, they tried to change him and did all that. And it didn't really go so well for him, but he 
kind of ironed some things out and it, and it worked out for him. But, um, but just like that, like, oh, your delivery, your arm slot, all this stuff, it's really close to reality. If we could mirror your game off of him, then, then you can turn it, maybe be the type of player he is. And I mean, Roy Halliday's, you know, one of those really high up players, but. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So, I mean, you're just, you're, you're trying to, to be really, really close to the best. Um, and then, and then consistency from there takes over because you look at Derek Jeter. I mean, of course he was a exceptional college player went to, no, he's out of high school. Right. One of the classiest players in major league baseball. Right. But, he, but he, he didn't have the, you know, big time power. No, he, he didn't, he couldn't, he wasn't a, a burner on the base pass, but he was a very, very, very good baseball player, extremely mm-hmm. high baseball IQ. And he was just got the good jumps. He was in the right place at the right time. You know, there's players who had way more speed, way better arm, more power, but he was just, he was the best version of himself. And that's, and he did it consistently. um, He did it year in and year out. Oh yeah, definitely. And you, as a Red Sox fan, you love to hate him. And after his career, I had nothing but respect for him. He never got in the big brawls and the, and the stuff like that. And what you're talking about with, um, you know, different, um strength and conditioning and running stuff and like you know nobody really knows about players like you know like Bartolo Colon who have an amazing pitches and like crank home runs and you know just is just a different type of like who do you compare him to you know like well I played with Bartolo I was in my last spring training Bartolo was there with with uh Texas and of course playing as long as he did you thought he would his English would be a little bit better, but no. Um, but <laughs> yeah. but you communicate. I mean, you can you can talk and and uh, you know little things here and there. He mo- it seems like he mostly just mumbles <laughs> yeah. when he was talking yeah. to me. Uh, but he's probably and people would be crazy about this, but he's probably one of the most flexible people I've ever seen. Oh, and it's, okay. It, it, very odd. Like he would. He could probably stand up against a wall, put his leg on the wall, and like do the splits on the wall. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I'm talking flexible. And I mean, he was able to to do what he does and not break down because of uh, his flexibility. Usually people, they kind of get stagnant. They don't move as much. And then they're like, oh, I've got achy joints. No, he's extremely flexible. And another guy, I, th- I think I saw a video of him recently, and he's still pitching. He's yep, still like pitching. throwing bullpens and doing things. And it's like Manny Ramirez is still playing somewhere. He's playing in China now. Yeah, he's still, do- he's still doing what he wants to do. And there was a guy when Manny was in Oakland, and Manny went to AAA because he's like, I hit. That's all I do. And <laughs> there were players there. And this is a guy who played for forever. And um, he's, in the, he's in the clubhouse, like, begging guys, like, hey, let's go hit, let's go hit, let's go hit. This is the oldest guy in the, in the whole stadium, like, baseball player-wise. It's like, 
And this guy is like a little kid wanting to go hit. He's like, hey, yeah. let's go hit. Let's go work on something. Let's go do this. Let's go. And that's why he's so good because he's always trying to get better. There's always something that he can get better. And that's usually those, those guys who are at the top. Yeah. They're okay. They're, they're happy with succeeding. But there's always something they can do to be better. They're, it's not like they're, they're putting down that they went and had a great game. Mm-hmm. But the team pays them big to do that. But now if you go out there and you're really, really good, then just show back up and do it again. Show back up and do it again. That's what I'm talking about, the consistency. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, Steve, I uh, I really am honored to talk to you, and I definitely need to have you on again because I have so much more baseball stuff I want to ask you. Is well, perfect, is awesome. Like that, I, well, I'm, I'm glad you had me. To have, yeah, I'm I'm honored to have uh, talked to you about all this baseball stuff that I, you know, the behind the scenes stuff that I didn't know about, and how much you love the city of Brockton. <laughs> Oh man, I, I'll tell you, I, I, I after I, uh, um, when I was with either Seattle or Toronto, and we went to Boston, I went back to Brockton. Like, oh, okay. I went, I went, I, yeah, we took a, uh, uh, I don't know how we got down there. You know, had a car service or something that took us down. And, um, yeah, I had to go back. Like, I mean, to me, because of the people that were there, it was like home. You know, I spent a lot of time there. So it was like, you know, I'm going to see family. So it was, I was so excited to go back and and see all the the people. I still keep up with a lot of them on, uh, like, uh, social media and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. They have a special place in my heart. Definitely. Well, hopefully you'll come back and I'll get to meet you in person. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, our bud- you. hopefully our buddy Georgie will uh, hang out. If he did not be upset at him. <laughs> I'll tell Well, he'll probably see this one. I'll text him that it was happening. Awesome. But uh, Steve, thanks again. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely have you on the show. And um, that young kid definitely wants to meet you. So um, we'll definitely have to plan something again. And thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. I will talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye. What's up? We the BMG boys. And thank you for listening. Please follow his Facebook page and subscribe to his podcast at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Let's go. We shall know. When it comes to getting dough and chasing dollars.